What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 229th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. I'm your host, SBJ. I usually say it's super effective. I forgot. To my left. I don't know why I say left and right. I have Will. As we chart my continual and steady progress into, I don't know, decay. And uh, this marathon training is killing me. It's killing me. Are you all right? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, no one's forcing you to run that far. The Marines are forcing me. They're not giving me my money back. I... No, I did uh, 13 and a half miles this morning, and uh, yeah, it took its toll on me. Oh, gosh, that's so far. No, it's only 13 and a half miles, but whatever. <laughs> Speaking of far, Travis is here. I apologize if I sound a little different. I'm in my Alolan form. Oh. <laughs> what a joke. <laughs> Will liked it. I like it. I mean, yeah, it was probably your funniest in a while do you have a different cry in your alolan form you're putting me on the spot um my different cry in my alolan form is that was my attempt at making the strange garbled electronic sounds your original cries are i'm gonna cut that from the audio and make it please do loop oh oh i was saying (laughs) cut it out because oh no no you're saying oh it was gold i'm I'm saying it's soundbite worthy Oh gosh! So if you're cry, (laughs) hey, hey, Will, how about you make a funny sound? Uh, No, that's what you're here for. Gosh! (laughs) Oh my gosh! I'm the straight man, funny or not? (laughs) (laughs) So if you are a new listener, this is a Pokemon podcast surprise, and we have a show for you guys. We have first off some news. Our middle segment will be talking about the five new Pokemon that have been shown since the last episode. And then we have our Pokemon of the Week. And if time permits, we will do emails, but the last couple episodes have been almost two hours long, so it's the only reason we keep cutting emails, because emails would probably bring every episode to three hours. Not that anyone might be be against that, but Travis gets real cranky past his Sunday bedtime if we run too long. Sunday bedtime of two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> also, I usually wake up I and beauty sleep. That's yeah, and I usually wake up and start recording, so I miss breakfast and lunch, and I usually eat lunch immediately after this. So sometimes I get cranky because I'm hungry. Before we dive into Pokemon stuff, Will, how was your week? Uh, I mean, it was okay. I'm still still have a cold from Gen Con, so that's kind of been rocking me. But you know, I'm still getting my Monster Hunter in. Did. Uh, some vanguard stuff i got some new cards in so that's all super exciting Woo! <laughs> travis what's new it's been two weeks now since you were last on that sounds Three. right because i yeah. was on the last one and then the week well the then the week before we played the kickstarter kickstarter special so it's been like three weeks same, same old same old uh overwatch season ended installed the the PTR patch so I could play start playing competitive season two before it's really out. Playing a lot of Diva, even though I don't think the character is very interesting. It's the only character I'm good at. Solid. I always liked uh Zenyatta. Zenyatta is very, very awesome and in fact is quite good. Well, they buffed him or sorry, they nerfed him slightly in the newest patch, and I'm not sure how that's going to shake out. I think he'll still be used, but 
previous to the newest patch that's on the public test realm, Zenyatta was incredibly powerful and was in every single composition. That's cool. Well, in my neck of the woods, I think everything I have is related back to Pokemon, I think. Been playing some Monster Hunter. We talked about that, or at least Will did, but I've also been playing Monster Hunter. Well, you guys had like a mega Monster Hunter meetup last night, didn't you? <laughs> I wouldn't say it was mega. We had six people, though. It was like a hundred was... messages in Skype. <laughs> yeah, which is nice because we were able to break off into two groups of three. Uh, so some people were Hunter Rank 1, and they were able to increase their Hunter Rank. And then uh, myself, Logan, and Jack were all wanting to get the gore set. Uh, so we hunted that four or five times. Uh, yeah, so that was a pretty progress-filled Monster Hunter night. Otherwise, my week has also been dedicated to cleaning up and still putting out podcasts. There was a lot of podcasts that I had still from Gen Con. One of them being the Dungeons and Dragon Knights special that we recorded at Gen Con. And the first episode just went up last night. Uh, and that is a three or four part series. I can't remember exactly how many we recorded, but uh, whether it's three or whether it's four, it's uh it's contained in in that amount. And so you're gonna get a you're gonna get a side story from season one. And you don't actually have to listen to season one if if season one was a turnoff or you just didn't like where the story was going uh this has some of the same characters and some of the new ones and i think uh maybe travis can help me out here but i think the the first episode kind of established who everyone was uh pretty quickly or what kind of personalities they were yeah i just listened to it today it's a it's, it seems like a fun light-hearted group to uh, of characters to join on this, this little side mission you got going yeah, on and I, I would say that my character, Wendy, from season one, would be very pleased at how often you talked about her while she wasn't <laughs> there. She'd be very pleased that you were still thinking about her. <laughs> and I was going to say, I listened to the whole thing this morning, and uh, I mean, obviously, I was in the room when you guys were recording it, but I wasn't really paying attention to you guys. I think Kay, in not doing any kind of acting at all, but just being himself... <laughs> It's absolutely hilarious. Oh, he made me laugh so much. <laughs> hey, it's a joy. Yeah, okay. he's he, just in person. He's like such a super polite person. And that comes across in the way that he's playing his character. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it's if you haven't if you haven't listened to it and I maybe most of you haven't because it literally just went up last night. Uh, the cool thing about it is because it was recorded in Gen Con, all seven of us were sitting in the same room at the same table, and so you can really kind of get that feel from it, where sometimes when you record a podcast over Skype or the internet or however you do it, sometimes there's a disconnect or things don't come out as naturally or as, as smoothly as they, they can, and that's obviously what editing's for, and even this podcast was heavily edited just because of mic noises and because and of instances where one person talks over the other just like this yeah but yeah it, it was edited i think it turned out well the first episode's about an hour so if you're looking for poor if you're looking for more pokemon content and you like D, maybe you're just unsure about D, i would definitely give it a chance uh very easy to find on uh google play or itunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast you'll be able to listen to dungeon dragon Knights. just search for PKMN cast or just search for Dungeons and Dragonites and you should be able to find it. So 
really proud of how that turned off and then episode two of that should be up within a week uh with the same kind of uh, treatment and care and i think, and it's I think you have uh, okay go ahead boy we're just gonna talk <laughs> over each other this entire Usually you guys are pretty good at not something in the air it's probably my fault i haven't been here in three weeks or whatever i think it's fair to say that the amount of Pokemon content varies between episode to episode of Dungeons and Dragonites too. So if you listen to one and you think, oh, there wasn't enough Pokemon in there. In fact, I think the the introductory episode of the Gen Con special um, has next to no actual Pokemon content because it's just learning about the, the characters. Um, but Pokemon show up in encounters and they show up as allies and that sort of thing. So... Um, it's always cool to have this fantasy setting that's injected with that Pokemon flavor. Yeah, and I was going to say, I think, um, Steve, you put a lot more musical cues, a lot more thought into musical cues, and so that's really entertaining in, in this little short short one. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that, I don't know what the word would be, but just kind of add more flair to the episode without overdoing it. Uh, and Travis and I talked about that before the show, and he said that it was just the right amount. So I'm glad that that worked out. Okay, so can I, can I to make this a, a delicious sandwich? Can I say one negative thing? Yes, that you you can do nothing about, but that I noticed incredibly, uh, you can't hear the dice rolls. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that is. I th- and I also thought about adding in dice rolls after the fact, but then I was like, nah, that might sound like we're trying to imply something uh or like takes take away the genuineness of it and i was like well nah like just trust that the dice are being rolled i, I was surprised how the how focused those mics were they were ve- they were um dynamic mics so you really had to be looking straight at them to talk it definitely worked because when you rolled the dice you didn't really hear them because they weren't exactly in front of the mic can't, can't hear any dice rolls but you could certainly hear those police sirens <laughs> <laughs> Those might have been artificially drafted. Ah. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, because you responded You responded to ones you heard in real life. Correct. But then the microphones didn't pick them up. Yes. And that joke is and probably... And reacted to them, so you got it. Yeah, and that joke's used at least one more time in a later episode. Well, because the police kept going by. Yeah. And I was there. The police did keep going by. That's kind of cool that the police sounds fooled you guys. I I was listening and thinking, that is bizarre how loud that is considering their setup. But I was I did not even consider for one moment that you added them in. Yeah, yeah. There was also like a chicken sound I added. <laughs> Obviously. I mean, you didn't uh, have a chicken in the room. No, no, not. I mean, maybe we did. Maybe I we. Don't know. <laughs> All right, let's jump into some Pokemon news. Start with some Pokemon Go news. Pokemon Go player tries getting a million XP in a day, gets treated like a cheater. That's a good headline, right? As for Pokemon Go is concerned, only cheaters should be able to get massive amounts in XP, of XP in a short amount of time. Jimmy D is a hardcore... I can't say his last name, so I'm just going to say Jimmy D. Jimmy D is a hardcore Pokemon Go player who spent much of the last couple weeks devising an ingenious plan to cure as much HP, XP, sorry, as humanly possible. Earlier this month, he managed to find a way to get a million XP over the course of the reason. The weekend. Oh man, I'm just not reading well today. The reason internet commenters kept 
alleging that it should be impossible to get that much XP without cheating. And Jimmy D wanted to prove every run wrong. This weekend, D turned up up a notch by uh, devising a special walking route through Austin, Texas. Uh, This is his ingenious plan. Number one, never make the the... Never make a lap last more than five minutes. Number two, never stop and catch unless there are more Pokemon at your current node. Number three, take breaks at one and three and then reverse the direction frequently. And number four, minimize lap distance whenever possible. Uh, and there is a map of one through ten of Pokestops that he is walking to. This is by, uh, this article is off Kotaku, by the way. What he ended up doing is we placed in-game lures at 10 Pokestops in a 0.2-mile loop, which planned to walk over and over. Uh, people called it Jimmy's Loop. The plan at the time was to get a million XP in a single day to prove the channel challenge's legitimacy. He was also going to livestream the entire event on Twitch with the help of the friends who were, able, who were also undertaking the challenge. News broke out. Hundreds of people showed up on Twitch to watch the undertaking. And according to Facebook, a thousand people said they were going to join in the festivities in person as well. Everyone wanted to see if D's plan actually worked. Uh, No matter what he did or what Pokemon he Pokeball he used, every single monster started running away from D. He was triggered. He triggered Pokemon Go's anti-cheating measures after amassing around six hundred thousand XP through legitimate means. Niantic Labs recently implemented an anti-bottling policy, becoming more well-known to players as a soft band. More or less, the policy is a 24-hour cheating prevention tool to stop you from getting more XP than should be possible. Since release, Pokemon Go has suffered a strong botting... Oh, botting. I don't know why I said bottling. Uh, botting community who have used third-party software to automate playing the game. Botters were able to accure ridiculous levels and strong Pokemon that no one else could, making the game unfair. In a sense, I was trying to prove to Niantic that their limits were actually hurting players who play efficiently, Jimmy said. I'm a bit of a hardcore gamer and I play somewhat efficiently, but the point is I shouldn't be hitting a 24-hour ban limit in just over a half of that time. Jimmy said bots are more efficient than humans are, and I think an effective soft ban would have been put haphazardly, hurting a lot more players than expected. The good news is despite the soft ban for hours, D raised enough money for charity during the live stream that he'll be able to donate the money for a good cause. I logged 25 miles using the charity miles, and I will be able to donate 50 to $60 to charity thanks to my stream donations. We could have easily managed to get five to ten times the amount of donations if there was a full stream. Closing out, Jimmy says, I was still able to spin Pokestops after getting soft banned. I also got 25 XP from Pokemon running away. People laughed on stream because I continued to play for over an hour and a half after getting uh, something like 25,000 experience. Games are meant to be played and in my opinion, played well, Jimmy says. And just to uh, interpret for our audience, um, a, cur, a, a cure in SBJ speak is a crew in English. <laughs> I feel like you could say the word both ways. I feel that there's one way to say a crew. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, what did you do this weekend? <laughs> hey, hey, Jimmy, what? Um, do anything fun this weekend? Uh, yeah, I proved that it's possible to make Pokemon Go think I'm a robot. Good job. 
Great work. <laughs> it's like a reverse Turing test. I convinced them <laughs> I'm a robot. Uh, do you? <laughs> do you guys uh, agree with the? What are your thoughts that Jimmy D was soft banned, not permanently banned, just soft banned for 24 hours? It sounds like what he did was incredibly choreographed so that that would happen. I mean, he even basically says so that he was trying to get as much EXP as was possible in that amount of time. And I wonder, is there really an epidemic of players being soft banned for playing legitimately because they're doing what he's doing? Or is this just an extreme circumstance of someone trying to find a very small hole in a system and, and point it out. It, it, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if there are a bunch of people who are experiencing this, but to me, it sounds like it's not as big of a problem as he's trying to portray it as. I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't think it's that big of a problem. I think that the only reason this really made news is because it was on Twitch and there was a Facebook group and he somewhat promoted it and it gained attention and news medias especially are still grasping onto Pokemon Go news because it brings in traffic. But I don't know. You can jump a lot of levels pretty fast in Pokemon Go, especially before level 20. And that's a lot of XP and a lot of time, but it's not nearly the amount of XP that uh, Jimmy was trying to go for here. But I feel like uh, Niantic acknowledged what he was doing. I think it would be more frustrating or weirder if Niantic didn't say anything and he was just soft banned, but like he knew he was going to get soft banned because he knew that at a certain point Niantic restricts the amount of XP that are coming in to prevent right. Obviously the restriction is in effect because people made bots and the bots were getting over said amount of XP. So that's why the soft band is in effect. And it seemed like he wanted to prove that, yes, a single person could get this amount of XP if they, did, if they dedicated pretty much 12 or more hours to do something like that. Right. And it's such a focused way, too. And it's like it's almost like Niantic is pushing back and saying, you know, we made a game that's intended for people to enjoy, not for people to turn into a job. Right. Because you, you, he had to work at it. He had to plan a route and like actually like really work really hard at pushing to get all those XP points. And that's not how Pokemon Go is intended to be played. There is no win condition in Pokemon Go. You you don't get a prize for having like the highest level. So you need you need to chill and just enjoy. You don't get a prize yeah. for having all the Pokemon either. You just don't get anything. I don't mean to like I'm not trying to like invalidate his way of playing. Like he said, he enjoys playing games at a at the highest level he can. But at the same time, I find it strange that he's articulating it as if this is some issue that's plaguing a whole bunch of players that Niantic needs to fix when in reality it's a problem for a very, very small percentage of players. And maybe even that percentage of players is simply people trying to make it happen. And at that point, why not just say, Hey, I'm trying to do something fun this weekend. I'm trying to make I, I'm I'm trying to hit the soft band limit legitimately, as opposed to portraying it as like a fault with the game. I don't know. I find that sort of strange. Yeah. 
Well, I have a friend um, whose name starts with the letter S. I'm not going to get any more explicit than that. But um, this person uh, really does not enjoy any game where there's like no clear winning. So I can imagine that that friend would also <laughs> be as frustrated um, by such a such a, a game and espouse similar types of uh, beliefs. <laughs> you know, some people could be on the side of the fence where they agree that there should be a soft band at, you know, 600,000 XP, which, again, is a ridiculous amount of XP. You would really have to dedicate your entire day to hit that level of XP, just like Jimmy D did. The other side would, you know, kind of agree with Jimmy and go, he should be able to play and enjoy the game as, uh, how he wants. If he wants to keep going for the entire 14, 15, 16 hours, they should let him. But in reality, there are a lot of games that put bands, or not bands, but they throttle the game in some way. A game like uh, World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy, you can only do this event once every 24 hours. Uh, a game like Destiny, the same thing. This event only happens for you know this weekend, and then you gotta wait an entire weekend again. It's You can complain that you hit that soft band, but at the end of the day, it's still the game company's decision to limit the play, and they limit that based on everyone, just not you or just not the exceptions. Like in Final Fantasy XIV, I can only go to the casino and I can only buy three lottery tickets, and every ticket gets more expensive, and I could complain and say, well, that's my favorite part of the game. I want to keep buying tickets no matter how expensive they get, but they don't do that, and... I, I maybe I'm the exception and I want to buy more lottery tickets but you know Square Enix isn't going to change the game because I hit the limit of only buying three tickets obviously three tickets and 600,000 XP is is drastically different but the comparison can still be made there are other examples of you know you can only do this in a game once every 24 hours or once every 48 hours or um, it's not like Pokemon Go is the first game to restrict uh, how a player plays in a certain amount of time. So to put this in terms that our audience can understand, how many cats is 600,000 XP? How many cats? Oh. We measure things in cats. Yeah, I would probably say, you know, 1,000 XP per cat. So you're, right. looking, you're looking at like 60,000 cats. Or 600 cats. Yes. Did I miss an episode? <laughs> Where did this joke come from? Yes, you did miss an episode. <laughs> I think we were talking... I, I listened to the newest one with you and... With the two of you and Steven. Is that not the... Uh, did I miss yeah, another one? Yeah, I, uh... <laughs> at one point, somebody said, like, how big is that? And I, would, and I said, oh, it's like three cats big. <laughs> and I kept... <laughs> I kept going. And afterwards, like, people on Twitter and in Slack were were like they they thought that was the funniest thing ever and i didn't think anything of it i just thought like oh if you like stacked one cat on top of two cats and that was like a shape that would be what we were comparing it to but yeah apparently, <laughs> apparently i measure things based off how many cats would fit into it so it wasn't in episode content it was the no it was it was there it was well you said it well you said it in an episode but the joke of it was created on yeah, the expanded right. universe yeah because so. when i said it everyone just kind of accepted that and moved on <laughs> oh yeah that made I mean, sense sort of three what you cats. to do to be on this show yeah pokemon go still exists um i play you know i when i get somewhere 
I when I get somewhere new, I open the app up, I check, and if there's a Pokestop, really I'm checking for a Pokestop. There's really not many Pokemon that I don't have that would excite me to see. Maybe if I like, I like I'm still missing like Scyther, so like I guess I would get excited if there was a Scyther, but you know I, I'm I don't have the expectation or the the hope that when I randomly open the app, Scyther would be the one I see. Uh, that being said, I normally open the app when I'm at a new location, see if there's a Pokestop there, or just to see how many Pokestops are there. And recently, I haven't been getting out of the house much, so when I go to in my normal places of like Target or McDonald's or um, Woodman's or wherever I normally go, I don't even bring out the phone anymore because I know that there's nothing there. There's no Pokestops here. <laughs> My Pokemon Go has definitely been a lot less, but it also doesn't help that it's it's been 96 degrees here in Wisconsin, and if you're gonna, if I'm gonna pick between going outside in 96 degree weather to play Pokemon Go or sitting inside where it's air conditioning and playing Monster Hunter, I think the choice is pretty easy. Hopefully, you know, when the weather gets a bit better, when it cools off a bit, I will definitely go back down. I'm not done with Pokemon Go. I, I don't dislike Pokemon Go. It's it's just weather plays a big factor in my Pokemon Go enjoyment. I'm going to have to ask the question that I'm sure all of our listeners are wondering, which is what on earth is Woodman's? Yeah, I what? was thinking the same thing, but I didn't speak up. Oh, my God. Uh, so Woodman's is a grocery store uh, similar to Pick and Save? Or uh, Yeah, you're going to have to run that one by me, too. I I don't want to say similar to Meyer because Meyer is more of a Walmart, right? So probably like a Century. Maybe the uh, we have Kroger. You have Kroger over there. Right? No, we don't have Kroger. Wait, no, no, no. So Century is the real low end. Yeah, right? Century. Century is like a grocery store, but a tiny grocery store. Where's the one that we went to when I needed to get like protein bars? Was that? It was like kind of like you had to go through uh, what's that really poor section called that really bad section that we had to drive through. And you're like, oh, you don't want to live around here. And then you cross this line and you're in like Wauwatosa and you're like, oh, it's really nice here. Yeah. Uh, was was it a century? No, no, no. It was, was nice. It a, a pick and save Woodman's. Maybe May, it might have been a pick. And, yeah, I I, uh, I bet it was like one of the fancy pick and saves, which is called or it could have been a fancy sentry, because there's one fancy fancy sentry slash pick and save in Wawatosa. Um, what about a Piggly Wiggly? Do you guys have that? I don't, I mean, but I know what Piggly Wiggly is. Yeah. So I would say there are, that there are only three grocery stores in DC. So okay, I would say that Sentry is the low end, and then Piggly Wiggly is a step up, only because Piggly Wigglies are bigger than Sentry. That's the only reason it's a step up. And then I would say that. There's Pick and Save, which is the big box shopping area where it's only food. And I don't even go to Pick and Save anymore because I go to Meyer. But I would argue that Pick and Save has more variety of food. But Meyer also has your electronics and your clothes and your household items right. because it's more of a Walmart. And then there's a Woodman's. And Woodman's is twice as big as a Pick and Save. Almost always. It's just a huge, huge... And it's only grocery. Um, but the other thing about Woodman's that is great is almost every Woodman's... I'm pretty sure every Woodman's is 24 hours. So if you 
Uh, also, Woodman's doesn't take credit card. They only take cash and debit card. That is sketchy as all get out. <laughs> so when you go, people, yeah, it, it, Woodman's is close on almost being Sam's Club level of like, people go to Sam's Club because they're buying like two months worth of food, right? If you're going to Woodman's, you're probably buying like a month's worth of food. And I feel like if you're going to pick and save, you're probably buying like two weeks worth of food. And if you're going to Century, I'm sorry. I <laughs> just end it right there. <laughs> Second chance. All right, this, this week on Grocery Store Cast. Back, back to the Pokemon. Back to a second chance to get Darkrai. Will be available in the American region games. Darkrai will be available to players who signed up for the Pokemon Trainer Club newsletter. The, this Darkrai is being given away so that players who missed the 20th anniversary distribution in February will have a second chance. The, the distribution has only been announced for U.S. Pokemon sites and will be available to only Pokemon, uh, only American region players. It cannot be obtained in the game... Uh, it cannot be obtained on the same game as the Darkrai from the 20th anniversary distribution and is identical to it. So if you already got the Darkrai, you can't get a second Darkrai. Pokemon Trainer Club newsletter code uh, to obtain the Darkrai will be sent out in early September. You must sign up for Pokemon Trainer's newsletter before August 24th to receive the code containing Darkrai. The code will be able to be redeemed in Pokemon X, Y, Omega Ruby, and Alpha Sapphire. What is the what is the Pokemon this month that you have to go to GameStop for? Arceus. Is it Arceus? Yes, sir. Okay. So you still have like nine days to get Arceus. It's pronounced A R C A U S. Actually, A R C U S. I apologize for my mispronunciation. Thank you. I appreciate the apology. All right, more Pokemon Go-ish news here. Nintendo, this uh, article's off TechCrunch. Nintendo 3DS sales up 80% year over year on Pokemon Go success. Also, they didn't capitalize the O in Go, so that's a little frustrating. Nintendo had a very good month in mobile gaming, according to NPD Group latest data. The 3DS won in both hardware and software sales for the analyst firm's latest tracker report with the 3DS and its family, including... The new 3DS, the 3DS XL, and the 2DS up 80% for July versus July of 2015. Pokemon Omega Red, that's what it says, and Alpha Sapphire. (laughs) The latest console titles in the franchise were also up 80% year over year. The Halo effect doesn't stop with the latest and greatest in Pokemon console games. However, sales of Pokemon X and Y, which were first released in October of 2013, Can you guys imagine it's been that long? We're up a huge 200% compared to the sales of July last year. Nintendo's strong July wasn't only a result of Pokemon Go's carryover interest. However, games for Nintendo systems took the five of the top 11 spots for software sales overall, with Monster Hunter Generations coming in at number one, Minecraft Wii U Edition Pokemon Omega Ruby, hey, they got it right this time, and Sapphire, uh, both games that came out nearly two years ago, and Kirby Planet Robot also made solid showings. 
while Nintendo might not be much directly from Pokemon Go, Nintendo has flat out said they have no ties to Pokemon Go besides giving them money. The franchise's biggest move to smartphones is filling up sales of the game company in key ways. Uh, and this is a great setup launch for Pokemon Sun and Moon for 3DS this November. November 18th, to be specific. Didn't say that in the news articles. I'm saying that because I feel like I know more than this reporter. Mr. Pokemon Omega Red. Well, at least the reporter knew that it's Kirby Planet Robobot. Uh, no, it, not Planet Robot. It, it, he wrote Planet Robot. Oh, that's so sad. Kirby Planet <laughs> Robot. I read this right. Oh, that's <laughs> not even the right name. <laughs> uh, Omega Red. What a winner. It's, well, it's, it's really sad to hear that, you know, Nintendo's obviously going out of business. Right. Yeah, they should <laughs> can't, just... Can't sell systems, They can't should sell just games. switch to, you know, only smartphones because clearly these other three or four-year-old games that are on top of the charts are clearly not bringing in money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Travis has no comment because he's never played Monster Hunter. It's, it's true. <laughs> I've never played Monster Hunter. I don't have anything to add. I feel like, though, that this makes sense. Like, when I read this news article, when I saw other people reporting on this, I, the voice in my head was, was like, this is what we all talked about months ago. This is what we talked about when Pokemon Go was announced, that this is purely, obviously, Pokemon Go is a game, but this is a purely marketing strategy to get people interested in Pokemon that weren't interested in Pokemon and get them to buy hardware and software from nintendo granted i think all three of us all three of us didn't think pokemon go would be a phenomenon phenomenon it's it's hard to say just yeah phenomenon (laughs) (laughs) i don't begrudge you at all in my head i can say it perfectly but pokemon go we never thought pokemon go would be a feline (laughs) (laughs) the the people who are buying X and Y right now, the people who are buying Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire right now, the people who are buying 3DSs right now are not hardcore Pokemon people. They are people that because of Pokemon Go, they are now interested in Pokemon. Nintendo, the Pokemon company, they knew exactly what they were doing and it worked. And we're seeing it now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> No surprises I think, here. I think it's cool. I, I, I am, I'm glad that Pokemon Go has led to more people getting into the main series games because so many of those people didn't buy anything after Red and Blue and then yeah, and made, I the, think... decision that, made the decision that, they, that the games aren't worth playing and there's some amazing experiences to be had in the series, so I'm really glad. I think, I think X and Y are great games. Uh, when you get a 3DS, you can also get Red, Blue, and Yellow from the eShop. Those Pokemon can get transferred into Sun and Moon. Every, everything is everything is coming up Millhouse. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you know, I thought of a different... I, I just... You know, that worked the best in that situation. Alright. Final news item here before we take a break. Uh, this is from Reddit. Uh, this is one of the subreddits I visit a lot. So actually, I stumbled upon this unknowingly, un, unwillingly. But I, I visit r slash out of the loop a lot because I, for one, do not want to be out of the loop when it comes to things. And most of the time, everything on out of the loop uh, I, it falls into two categories. One, I don't care. Or two, 
No, three categories. One, I don't care, so I don't read it. Two, oh, I already know that. That's cool. I feel like I'm already in the... I feel like a cool kid. And three, I don't know about that. Let me read it. This, I hate to say, was, oh my god, I don't know about that. Let me read it. The title of the thread is, what happened with Pokemon and Ash and why people are upset? And so when I saw the title of that, I went, oh my gosh, I'm always in the loop for Pokemon. How am I out of the loop? And what is this about? Uh, So I clicked on it, and the body of thread says, I recently subscribed to r slash Pokemon subreddit. There have been multiple posts and thousands of comments supposedly upset at what has happened, except I don't know what has happened, and everyone is acting a bit of outrage. Again, this doesn't clear up why people are upset about Pokemon and Ash, but the most top upvoted comment clearly points that out. Uh, Read it to you now here. Ash had the possibility to finally win the Pokemon League for the first time of the entire anime series. This was the first time he reached the finals, and he lost. Spoiler, by the way. I believe this is only aired in Japan right now. Is that correct, Will? I I don't know because I'm having a TV problem, but uh, you're probably right. The upvoted comment also had a graph of or not a graph, but an image of Ash's standings, which is really great because I, I couldn't remember where he placed in previous Pokemon League championships, and I kind of stopped watching after Johto, I think. But I mean, I've watched some of the Unova, and I watched some of the Sinnoh, but I never watched the whole series. I will say, though, the Pokemon League stuff is usually the best stuff in the anime, but for our listeners at home, in the Kanto series... Actually, let's make this a little bit of a game. Where How... Top, did you do you guys remember Ash placing in Kanto? The, did he make it to the second round and then he was out? Uh, let's put it in terms of uh, final two, top four, top eight, top 16, and top 32. I'd say top 32 for Kanto. Travis? The dark miasma that haunts me in my dreams has deleted all of those memories <laughs> from that age, so I... I honestly could not tell you. I I don't have a very good memory for content that I haven't seen in that long. Neither do I, because I didn't realize that he made the top 16 in Kanto. I, be- I believe he wa- lost to Richie? Was that it? Or did he lose to Gary? I can't remember. Uh, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. And Johto, which I don't remember that league at all. Maybe that was Richie. Uh, he lost. He made it to the top eight. In Hoenn, he made it to the top eight. In Sinnoh, he made it to the top four. In Unova, Will, you probably know this. You big Unova fan, putting you on the spot. I was going to say he didn't even go to the Unova League. Oh, he did. (laughs) He did. He made top eight at Unova. And in Kalos, why people are upset is because he was final two and then he lost. Uh, I don't know much about the battle itself. Uh, from screenshots I saw, it, I think it came down to his Greninja in uh, Ash form versus uh, Mega Charizard, the black and blue one. Oh, That's... was he playing Alon? Yes, yes, he lost to Alon. Cool. What a beautiful wrap-up to the uh, Mega Evolution specials and, and the XYZ series coming together. That's, that's real nice. Yeah, right, right. You said Alon. That kind of all clicked with me from what I read. Uh, for our listeners, who is Alon? And you seemed really excited that Ash lost to him. Well, Alon is the protagonist of the Mega Evolution specials. So if you've watched those, then 
he's he's the guy who's traveling around trying to learn about mega evolution. He used to be one of Professor Sycamore's assistants, but then he decided to pursue his own journey. And he's kind of funded by Lysander in in his journey to find out more about mega evolution. Wait, and so is he a bad guy? He's of dubious moral quality. He's kind of in it for himself because you know he did let that um, Chespin go into a coma and like just left it. But uh, so is he? Is he? A, is he a jerk to Ash? Is he? Is he like a Gary? No, 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 he's very. He's very supportive of Ash. Oh, okay. Absolutely very supportive, and and he is also like wants to investigate and learn more about the uh, Ash Greninja, whatever is going on with that biz. Um, but he is funded by Team Flare, and he does a few things at the request of and behest of Lysander. So, do you know his? Do you know his other Pokemon besides Mega Charizard? Oh, that's really the only one that he brings out most of the time. I don't remember what else he oh, okay. has. Really, really reading reading this thread and uh, knowing that Ash loses makes me want to watch that whole League Championship. I don't know how many episodes it is. I remember in the Kanto, it was probably, I want to say like eight or six episodes. Uh, that kind of, and those are my favorite Pokemon episodes. The ones that are just like battle, 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 battle. I just... I don't know. There's, I'm sure those are the a lot of people's favorites because it's not the off-topic kind of let's get to destination, but we're in this town and there's a pincer and a scyther fighting and none of this is really relevant, but it's going to waste 23 minutes. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's something I'd be very interested in watching. And then it kind of makes me want to go back and watch his other league championships. So I wonder if those are available, because that's something I kind of want to do now. Well, I do have the last few episodes of Pokemon XYZ on my bedroom DVR, since my living room TV... Oh, I don't want to say that word, because I got made fun of so much the last time I said it. What, living room? No, TiVo. So my TiVo is the one that stopped working, and it's typically what I would use to record Cartoon Network on. Um, So I did switch to my bedroom DVR, which is the one that you have access to. So if you want to fire that up, um, just don't delete them, because I haven't seen them yet. Should also start recording pokemon on my playstation view anyways uh yeah so ash lost uh people were upset uh that's kind of cool to see that people somewhat care that or are somewhat frustrated that ash still cannot be number one that has been everything for news here unless i missed something but what we'll do here is we'll take a quick break when we come back we have five new sun and moon pokemon to talk about And, yeah, we'll continue on this journey. our break we got some new pokemon to talk about uh let's start with 
really bad at closing windows today. Uh, let's start with the Pokemon that was shown at Gamescom, which was originally shown in German, and then eh, about five minutes after that showing, the Pokemon company, the English account, tweeted the image and English name for said Pokemon. It is a fire dragon Pokemon. It's known as Turtinator, which is a... It's known as the Landmine Pokemon. I do know that. Uh, in the debut trailer, it showed off a unique move called Shell Trap, where it shoots a laser out of its hardened shell to keep foes grounded. Turtinator also has the ability Shell Armor, which... Uh, what does that do, Travis? Shell Armor? It When you're... a when you take a, I think it only is attacks that make contact, but I might be incorrect. It might just be any attack. I think it is any attack. When you take damage, your defense goes down, but your speed goes up. That's just off the dome. I'm not sure if that's right. I can look it up for you, though. All right. As you look that up, uh, it is a red turtle-like Pokemon. Spiky flat helmet, spiky back, red and yellow. It also, I'm assuming it's, its name is Turtle and Terminator? Terminator? Who knows? I, it turns out I was wrong. I was thinking of weak armor, which is when you're hit by a physical move, your defense is lowered and your speed is increased. The shell armor prevents critical hits. Got it. And that's pretty much all we know for Terminator. I don't know if you guys had any inputs on it. Fire I Dragon. I really like this one. I'm I'm really impressed. Um, I don't know if anybody noticed or has watched the video, the gameplay video, and I don't know. I've never seen another Pokemon that does this, but it keeps its back to the battle. Yeah, throughout the entire battle, which is really cool. Yeah, it does. I noticed that. Cool that Gamescom got a exclusive Pokemon. I I just happened to turn that stream on because somebody tweeted it and put me in front of. A bunch of German people laughing and talking, and I can't look away. They showed the trailer. I tweeted it. It was it was cool. It's I'm sure turtles are plentiful in Hawaii. I mean, turtles are pretty common all over the world. So <laughs> I actually saw a turtle in Indianapolis. So there you go. Just hanging out. All right. It's like in the grass. So we have some Pokemon that was revealed at the World Championships here. One specifically, and then there was a video that uh, showed three more. But the one that was showed on stage before the World Championship stuff began was a Pokemon called Craballer. Crab Brawler, uh, however you want to say that. It is a fighting-type Pokemon, uh, even though it looks like it should be a water-type Pokemon. Craballer, Craballer is a boxing Pokemon that really hates to lose. It can be found clinging to buildings with its powerful pincers, that also pack a punch, or getting around in trees in search of berries, its favorite food. Well, that, you know, sums up this Pokemon. A lot of people were super excited about this Pokemon that I saw uh, via Twitter and via just general feel of worlds. It's a fighting Pokemon, even though it kind of looks like it should be water, especially because it's a crab. I feel like this Pokemon is is almost like the Hawlucha of the generation, where you're not going to get... We're at single stage. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Cryballer? Well, my thoughts are I was reading Twitter this morning and I saw that uh, Junichi Masuda had tweeted his lunch, you know, because he's in San Francisco for Worlds right now. 
And it was this huge plate of like fried crab and crab legs. And all of the responses to that were like, what did you do to crab brawler? (laughs) (laughs) With a few um, poor crabbies thrown in. (laughs) Is this our fifth crab Pokemon? Crabby Kingler? Oh, well, Quawitzer is a shrimp. Kind oh of yeah, that's true. It's more. a it's a pistol shrimp. Um, what are the there's uh maybe maybe although technically it's the boxing Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I have a theory that this Pokemon is going to be used a lot by Team Skull. Uh, based. I saw on, your I saw your tweet, and I think that's I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah, they drew one of Craballer's eyes to have uh, half moon, and it's oh. exactly like how Team Skull's goggles are. Yeah, did you see that, that somebody commented that the goggles are like that because it's a sun and a moon? Yeah, somebody did say, like, the goggles Who are supposed said to... said that? I can't remember. credit. There's your credit, person we can't remember. Uh, the next Pokemon on the list is Stuffle. I think I'm saying that right. Is a normal fighting Pokemon. Stuffle may have a small body, but it's this Pokemon has extraordinary strength despite its cute, fluffy appearance. Stuffle dislikes being touched and will flail its arms in protest. That's actually really cute. Stuffle evolves into Beware. And Stuffle still has the tag on its butt. Yeah, it has its little tag on its butt, which I think is really cool. I'm assuming Stuffle is short for stuffing, and then full, so full of stuffing, is how I'm breaking down its name. Also, it it evokes the word snuggle, as teddy bears are often snuggled. Oh. Not this one, because it doesn't like to be touched. Yeah. I think it's... Yeah, I think it's cool. It's clearly your Cub Chew, your Teddy Ursa, your what's that panda called? Pancham of the generation. Gotta yeah, have, I gotta have your bears. I, I think it's. I think I like Stuffle more than I like Beware. But then again, Beware. Uh, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's a weird, weird little dude. But Stuffle's yeah. cute. Stuffle's cute. Uh, let's talk about the two best Pokemon that probably have been shown for this generation. Our first one is Sandy Ghast, <laughs> which is a ghost slash ground type Pokemon. Sandy Ghast emerges when the grudges of fallen Pokemon soak into sand after battle. And it's like mouth can suck the vitality from people and Pokemon. Sandy Gas also features a new water compaction ability, never before seen in other Pokemon, where its defense stat goes up by two when it's hit by a water type move. Sandy Gas evolves into Palo Sand. Do we know if it's also immune to water types? Does it take damage when it takes a water type attack? I read uh, that actually, as it still takes damage. They, I think they actually blocked that so you couldn't tell. So it is up, still up in the air. Interesting. I feel like it would still take the damage, but that's just me. Well, Storm Drain doesn't take the damage, right? Yeah, but what? there's like a Thunder move that takes the damage and then the thing still goes up. Or is that Flare Blitz I'm thinking of? But that's a move, not an ability. Yeah, no, Lightning Lightning Rod, you don't take damage. Yeah, prevents the damage. Is Lightning Rod and Storm Drain the only two? A Water Absorb is similar to that. You don't take damage and you restore health when hit by a water move. Uh, Sap Sipper is the same, but for, well, Sap Sipper, you are immune to grass moves and you get special attack increase when you're hit with a grass move. I think that's what it is. Palo Sand 
which to me feels like the chandelier of this generation. Uh, Ghosts slash ground. Palo San disguises itself as a sandcastle with its shovel on top serving. It is believed as a radar to search out prey. Unsuspecting small Pokemon are dragged into Palo San's body through its sandy vortex so it can steal their life force. Wait, you just missed out on the most important thing about Palo Sand. Hey, I read the press release. It created possibly the greatest piece of official Pokemon art to ever have been released into the world. The Palo Sand (laughs) dragging the Pikachu with little X eyes down to its doom. It is beautiful. (laughs) It is really sweet. That art is really fantastic. And that is 100% official. I am looking at it on their website right now. Really great. Travis, how do you feel about Sandy Guess and Palisand? I think they're pretty cool. I don't... I I know a lot of people love them and I get it, but I don't... I've liked a lot of the Pokemon that have been announced previous to this. Like, I think my favorite of the... uh, Other than than Rowlet, I think my favorite of the new Pokemon that have been announced is Cutie Fly. But yeah, I mean... Palisand's cool. I, I I prefer my ghost grounds to be Golet and Golurk. I think that line is really cool. All right, all right. I think uh, Pale of Sand is short for Pale of Sand. That's safe to say. Uh, Will, what are your thoughts on these two? Uh, I just am laughing to myself because so many people, when the Korra Korra leaks first came out, they were like, oh, this is this generation's Trubbish and Garbodor or... or you know, Muck and Grimer, they're, they're, these are terrible. Who cares about them? And now, like, a bunch of people are like, oh, these are the greatest things I've ever seen. They are pretty Boy, great. how opinions change. I think a lot of people see it at face value, where when you kind of dig into what was written about pal- <laughs> puns, when you, uh, when you dig into Palisand, it is something it is a being it's just disguising itself as a sandcastle which i think is really cool and it gives you more lore and more history behind that pokemon obviously like in the anime there is the famous ghastly episode where ghastly like masks itself as that girl that died or died waiting for her lover to come back you sure that's ghastly and not nine tails because nine tails had a whole ghost spirit house thing going on uh no i'm pretty sure it was ghastly it was the one where ash brock and misty arrive at the carnival and then at the top of the hill over the water there was a statue of a girl and then ghastly was turning into it and then james fell in love with the ghost girl and then brock fell in love with the ghost girl and then they realized it was ghastly i think it was ghastly's first appearance actually sure i have no idea (laughs) who's the anime expert now it's never been me. That's for darn tootin'. <laughs> uh, Travis, you weren't here last week when we talked about Team Skull. I wanted to touch on that real quick. What are your thoughts on the new bad guys? I think they're they're pretty cool. I like how they have the feel of, of more like a... Seems like they're more evenly matched for our protagonist. It seems sensible because it, it looks like a lot of young people. It makes more sense that the villainous team is not a collection of adults trying to wrest Palkia and Dialga into the universe to destroy it or whatever. And that it's, it seems like it's aiming towards a more uh, focused insular story with them, which I think could be done really well. 
just because they seem like they're younger people with with like a obvious influences from like kind like I guess like 90s gang culture or something. But also all of the I don't know, it, it I I haven't quite figured out where all of the influences are supposed to come from. But but I think it'll lead to a more realistic feeling story where the player character is in a 10 year old child foiling the evil plans of someone <laughs> who wants to you know, destroy the world or whatever, which you talked about last week, and I concur. Yeah, I wanted to ask your thoughts on some of the other Pokemon that you weren't here for, but I forgot we had the last bit of news here that was shown at Worlds is from the Pokemon TCG. The in early 2017, so a little bit, a little bit ways off, the Pokemon TCG will introduce the Sun and Moon series and new Pokemon GX cards. The term GX describes special attacks, and special Pokemon that are completely new to the Pokemon TCG. These exciting advancements will require players to develop new tactics and strategy as they engage in one of the world's most popular trading card games. GX attacks, what are they? Let me tell you, each Pokemon GX has a devastating GX attack that can instantly reverse a player's disadvantage or create an early game advantage. Yeah, that's what we need. More early game advantage. A player can, can't can use more than one GX attack in a game, so deciding when to use a GX attack... Uh, so deciding when GX attack to use and when poses a strategic, strategic challenge. Pokemon GX. In the Pokemon TCG Sun and Moon, Pokemon GX will make their first appearance. There are four defining characteristics of a Pokemon GX. Only Pokemon GX have GX attacks and can only be used once per game. Each Pokemon GX has a minimum of two attacks in addition to its GX attack. Pokemon GX have ordinary attacks and abilities besides their GX attacks. It is possible to use different attacks and as the situation demands. Pokemon GX have strong attacks and high HP. They can overwhelm their opponent Pokemon without needing to rely on GX attacks. The extra power comes at a price. When a Pokemon GX is knocked out, the opponent will take two prize cards, so the player will need to decide strategically when to use them. And finally, legendary Pokemon. The legendary Pokemon Solgaleo and Lunala, who appear on the cover of Pokemon Sun and Moon video games, will be featured in in Sun and Moon expansions as Pokemon GX. Solgaleo will have the Soul Burst GX attack which will allow players to attach five energy cards from their deck to their Pokemon in any way they like, making the powerful attack that is useful for super energy acceleration. And Lunala will have the Lunar Fall GX attack, which lets players immediately knock out any of their opponent's basic Pokemon. That sounds way better than Solgaleo's, but... Yeah, that's going back to uh, that old... um... Who's the guy with the forearms? Wow, my brain's not working. Yeah, that old Machamp that would immediately knock out any basics. Yeah, and a basic Pokemon could be, like, technically, I don't, I don't know if most EXs are still legal, but Mewtwo EX, which has 180 HP, which was one of the most popular cards ever, like, that's technically considered a basic Pokemon. Yep. Exciting things for the TCG. I don't, as somebody who was very competitive in the TCG for two years i don't know if this would be something that would bring me back it just doesn't seem all that appealing it just 
if you draw your GX and you set up your GX first, you have the immediate advantage. And if you can't pull that GX out, it just seems like you're you're instantly at a disadvantage. Well, uh, you, but you can ultra ball for a GX. Come on, stop complaining. <laughs> Um, uh, one thing I will say is whenever they have a major set update, so like, right, they're moving into the sun and moon sets. That's if you're considering getting into the TCG, that's always a good time to get into it because that means that, you know, the, nobody's going to have these cards and it it is introducing a completely new mechanic. So it's going to shake up the meta uh, a lot or it should. So then um, it's a you'll kind of be on a more even footing with people who have been playing for a long time. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. That's 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 it. Uh, Travis, I just wanted to throw some Pokemon names out there. See if you have any thoughts. You know, there's Pokemon going around like Wishiwashi or Alolan Meowth or Alolan Raichu or Alolan Marowak or. Do you want me to go in that order? I mean, any order. Uh we just haven't heard your thoughts on them. Or the, the Pukey Pukey. Can't remember its name. Pukey yeah, Pukey. That, one, that one's weird. So Wishy Washy. I think the idea is the schooling ability is cool. I laughed really hard when the trailer said get schooled by Wishy Washy. Yep. <laughs> um, that made me laugh a lot. I'm curious to see if the ability acts in game as it's implied, where it's sort of implied that wishy-washy doesn't evolve, but instead at a certain level just becomes a stronger Pokemon. And is that's represented by a bunch of wishy-washy gathering together. It's kind of strange. Seems like you would just make an evolution for it, but I guess that'll make more sense when we play the game. Other than that, I think wishy-washy just looks like a fish. Alolan Meowth is awesome. I think it's one of the Pokemon where its official art kind of betrays how cool it looks in game. I think the footage we've seen of Alolan Mouth, Alolan Meowth animated in the game is where that character design really shines of of playing up the the sassiness, I guess is the word people use to describe it or the uh the playfulness of of this version of Meowth. Let's see what was next. Uh, and I, I like Meowth generally, as people probably already know. So another version <laughs> of it that's even sassier and uh, takes even uh, less flack from nerds is amazing. Um, Alolan Raichu and Alolan Marowak. Alolan Raichu is cool. Its eyes scare me a little. They're a little too bright. <laughs> um... This has like extremely bright eyes, if I remember correctly, yeah. right? Yep. Um, I think it's cool though. The electric psychic is an interesting type combination that we haven't really seen before, and I like the electric terrain doubling its speed ability, electric surfer or something. I forget what the ability is called, but that's what it does. That could actually make. I I mean I I don't know that it really will come into play, but giving that sort of forgotten arena effect of electric terrain a little more to do is cool alolan marowak is cool i think the fire um what do you call those the jugglers who juggle with flaming i feel like fire throwers or whatever um i think that's a a cool way to adapt that design and i believe they're called jugglers 
<laughs> is, is it really just called jugglers? Yes. <laughs> There's not a special word for, for when the thing they're juggling is on fire? I think there is. I don't think so. Better um, jugglers. I think it's cool that they gave it a ghost type, too. What else is there? Uh, I'm not going to do all of them. I'll just throw another couple your way. Uh, minor, Oricoro, and... Mud- oh, and the Minior, the, the Meteor guy. Yeah. I think I think that's really cool. I think it's really cute how you don't know what color it's gonna be till it's hurt, and then it's like, oh, I'm I'm this I'm this color meteor, <laughs> meteor because it's a mini meteor. I think that's really neat. The other one was the bird thing that changes forms, right? Yeah, with the four different types of dancing. That one doesn't do much for me. I think it's cool that it has different forms, but the design of it is a little strange to me. I don't know it. Isn't that aesthetically appealing to me? Um, uh, we have uh, Mudbray, which is the My Little Pony Pokemon. Yeah, we also have uh, Alolan Executor. Oh, I haven't, I haven't talked about Alolan Executor yet. The thing is amazing. <laughs> I love how excited you got. Also, I I think a lot of people it's head over isn't even on the screen. I think a lot of people overlook this, but it's Grass Dragon. Yes, it is. It is very much Grass Dragon, and that's wild. Why? Mega Sceptile is also Grass Dragon. Yeah, but... Right, but at least... Sceptile's not that cool. At least Mega Sceptile, you can kind of understand that it has some dragon-like aspects to it. Uh, Alolan Executor is more like Mega Ampharos, where it's... Oh, yeah, it's a dragon now, too. It doesn't look like it, but it is, and you're just going to have to deal with that, and I find that uh, great. Trying to see if there was any other interesting ones. I'm sure people are mad that like, why haven't you talked about this or that? Uh, but yeah, I'm not seeing any unless there was something that stood out to you. I mean, I could say like Alolan, Vulpix, Ninetales, Sandshrew. Like we have, we technically didn't talk about those with you, but. I like Alolan, Sandshrew, and Sandslash more than I like Alolan, Vulpix, and Ninetales for what that's worth. What do you think of Alolan Oddish? That's not a real thing. <laughs> it was only revealed to me, but it, the, the, I mean, it'll be in the game, but Pokemon Company has only revealed it to me. Oh, your I dad see. works for your dad works for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Well, my dad's been gone for a long time, but I'm sorry. <laughs> one of my close relatives works for Nintendo, and he told me that there's going to be a Firegrass uh, Alolan Oddish, and it's going to be I awesome. I think your close relative is full of garbage. Garboder. Hmm. Uh, finally, before we move on to our Pokemon of the week, yeah, Alolan Garboder is Fairy type. Okay, go on. That would be I'm I'm sold. You Travis. listening, Game Freak? You tuning in? <laughs> Travis, are you going to buy yourself a Z-Ring? No. Or why would I do that? So you can wear it, so it can light up when you're uh, going, so it can light up and vibrate and play a song along with the video and sound in the game. It will be available at, for sale at participating retailers. I'm sure it will. <laughs> Remind yourself that you're talking to the person who has never bought a second console because it's limited edition or i i don't i don't really care a lot about the bells and whistles wait what were unless they're, unless they're like built in, unless they're like already built into the game like the pokey walker i think is one of the greatest i was gonna just ask what your things. your thoughts on the pokey walker were because you were given it was, that it's not like a it wasn't like a choice right i think i think it's great because it's it adds functionality it's a game of its own that you can take with you it didn't increase the price any. It's still it was still the same standard price for a DS game at the time, and yeah, and it wasn't sold separately. So I'm so if I was going to get the game, I had to get it, and it was already cool. 
Uh, I don't think the Z ring is that cool. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think it's gonna do much for me. I think I'm still gonna get it because I feel like I would have to talk about it. I don't know. Like I get why it's not with the game because obviously they're gonna sell a bajillion of these because Yokai Watch and they're just riding that those coattails. But a part of me is a little disappointed that it's not included with the game when in the past we've gotten like the wireless connector with fire red and leaf green we got the poke walker with heart gold soul silver and i can't imagine this little device cost that much or really what it literally what it says is it will light up and vibrate and play a sound and that's pretty much the extent i've got a phone that can do those things <laughs> <laughs> all right so as we are recording this the world championships are wrapping up in recent years we don't really cover the winners or losers of that event they exist they are quickly forgotten about unless they are the the champion themselves will did you want to talk about you probably watched more than the the out of the three of us you probably watched the most of that I, I didn't watch that much. I, I mean, I did spend some time yesterday because I was doing some work at home and I had that up on the TV while I was watching. To start with something positive, I really, really enjoyed that Sejun Park, which is the former VGC world champion from Korea, was playing the trading card game and obviously had gotten a world's invite and was actually doing well. I saw him win around in the trading card game. So I was like... It would be really cool if he is the world champion in the trading card game as well, and then he could be the first person ever to get both, both. the video game and the trading card game titles. Um, and he's really nice. Just it, it just comes across that he's a really nice person. So uh, that was really cool. Um, to say something bad, I wish that Pokemon had structured the programming a little bit better because... The majority of the stream was either just the um, casters, as they call them, or the commentators talking about the games or breaks and not as many games as I would like to see. And I think that they've just they've done it better in the past where they really went from game to game to game. And there weren't these like huge gaps between actually seeing any of the action uh, in the games. And then to end with something nice um, as as we do in the professional world, uh, they have added the prize cam for the TCGs. So you can see what a player has prized, even though they don't know what it is. And that's really, really cool. It really like gives like it boosts the way that they do the TCG coverage in such a way that's like absolutely amazing. Yes, that was that was first debuted at Nationals. So they they this is the second time they've been using the prize cams. So that was that was enjoyable. I mean, overall, it's it's been good. You know, obviously, the VGC is as disappointing as ever because we're still in the same format with so many legendaries. And, um, you know, all the teams pretty much are revolving down to Groudon Xerneas. So that's that's not as much fun. But there is a lot of hope in the community now that the next series will be Alola Pokemon only. And no legendaries. So it'll be back to like 2011, which was the Unova Pokemon only series. And that'll be a lot of fun. Bring some originality back into the market. I would consider playing again if they did uh, Gen 7 Pokemon only like they did for Gen 5. Although because it makes sort of a more level playing field for if you haven't played in the past 
year or so, things sort of get wiped. But I find that unlikely given that Gen 7, as with Gen 6, has strong ties to previous generations with like Alolan Pokemon and that sort of thing. I mean, it could be just Gen 7 decks only. Yeah, that w- I would I would certainly play if that were the case. Well, I shouldn't say cert- certainly. It depends on my schedule, <laughs> but I would I would con- I would consider it. I would probably right. make a team at least, if not actually go anywhere. Oh, they may have a new Pentagon rule as well, so that it has to be you right. know bred or caught in a Lola region. So yeah, yeah, and that and that was cool for X and Y. I watched the open opening ceremonies of the stream i believe it at least my time it started at 11 55 a.m uh and it went for almost 35 minutes before we saw the miss ohio miss ohio i think she was miss nevada i can't remember i can't remember who the the spokesperson who came out on stage they just won a version of miss america i do remember reading their twitter profile because everyone in the slack was like who is this chick that has come out wearing a blazer and a Pokemon 20th anniversary shirt. Uh, And she clearly read off the teleprompter uh, quite a bit. And then some people that worked at Pokemon came out. They showed uh, Cryballer. And then they started their live stream of games. And I have to say, though, the, the 35 minutes leading up to that was incredibly boring and extremely long-winded it was a lot of conversation going back and forth of well you know we have a lot of champions here that you know the it's anyone's game they could they could just win it again because they're so good and then there was a lot of conversation going you know this is a game where you can just start playing this year and you could instantly win and and come up and be an underdog and completely contradicting each other and they repeated that conversation back and forth for 35 minutes and to me obviously pokemon is they upped their prize pool and they changed it from you know you don't need to claim a scholarship you can actually just claim the money there were articles recently of pokemon you know becoming this big esport and it was funny because uh joe from Serebii and i uh, had a little Twitter conversation because Joe tweeted, "What may I don't get the recent changes? What makes it an esport now compared compared to what it was before?" And I responded, "Just more money," and that was pretty much the consensus of, "Yep, the only difference here is there's more money at stake, and now people are finally considering it a quote unquote real esport because there's just more money there." Yeah, uh, so for me watching the the stream, and I didn't watch a lot of it, uh, mostly because I, I just don't care that much about watching. It, it's almost like a sport. Like when I was at Worlds, when I was at Nationals, it was absolutely fun to sit in that audience and sit in that crowd and watch. And at the time when I was at Worlds, I was with a friend who uh, didn't know anything about Pokemon, and it was very cool to see him get excited over something that he didn't know that much about and also ask questions about what was going on. That was at the time that it was black and white only. So like when Zeb Stryka used a move and everyone cheered, it was very cool to see him like, why are they cheering? Like, why is this in an important move? And it was just like, okay, like this move only has, you know, 80% accuracy and the sandstorm is going, which lowers it. I'm just giving a scenario. It's not right at all, but uh, it just breaking down of why that was an exciting play. And that was really cool. And 
Uh, I, I think with sports and stuff like that, uh, I'm sure I'm not a sports person, but I'm sure people would argue that going to see a football game in real life is more exciting than seeing it on TV or seeing a soccer game or seeing a baseball game. And, uh, and I feel I definitely have that effect when it comes to Pokemon. I think that being there in the, the audience is just way more exciting feeling that energy. Uh, but going back to the commentators, it was just boring. And I think it suffered from that. And I definitely was not the only one in the Slack because we had a Slack uh, channel dedicated to Worlds. And a lot of other people were like, this is really kind of boring. Like, you could have easily made this segment 10 minutes and then go on to the opening ceremonies. I don't know why they needed to talk for 30 minutes. But what I would like to see in the future of these streams is for Pokemon to pick 10 or 12 people and follow their journey. I want them to sit down with these people. I want them to interview them before Worlds or even before Nationals and make video packages of them. I think it's hard to it's hard for somebody who doesn't follow the video game that doesn't follow the trading card game to watch these streams and to pick somebody they want to root for. And if you if you don't if you don't have somebody you want to root for, it's hard for that to keep your interest. And my final point is it, it's something silly and Travis is going to roll his eyes, but I think that if you look at how WWE does this and how wrestling does this is obviously, you know, all, all the wrestling matches, the outcome is predetermined and everything. But what they do before the matches, and they, they do this a lot and they, they show a lot of replays, is they give you a story of why to care about which wrestler you want to win. So they do these two to three minute video packages of here's this wrestler's story, here's this wrestler's story, here's why they're fighting, here's what's on the line. All right, now the match is going to start. If you didn't have that before the match, and somebody is new sitting down to wrestling, and they don't know who to root for, they're probably just not going to watch it. They're not just, they just don't care. And with Pokemon, you have at least the advantage of, okay, this, po- this person has some of my favorite Pokemon on their team. That's cool. Or this person's from America, and this person's from Brazil. I'm from America, so I'm going to root for the American. But Pokemon is already walking around the show floor interviewing fans and asking what their favorite Pokemon was or when they started playing. And those video packages could use a little bit of work. But I think... Just like in sports, people care about certain players. They care about the Tom Brady's and the Brett Favre's and the Michael Jordan's. These are only the sports people I know. This is how bad my sports uh, knowledge is. But they care about those people. So when, so to see a person have a journey through, okay, like you only made it to nationals through last chance qualifier. Now you're going on to worlds. I want to hear that story. I want to have a person like that that I could care about, that I could be invested in their journey instead of, oh, well, you know, this guy, he's been to all these nationals and here he is playing. He's a really good player. Um, Let me repeat that eight more times throughout the match. Like, that just doesn't do it for me. I know a lot of other large, well, the larger esports scenes try to do that. I don't follow, I never really followed League of Legends, the pro scene there, but for the short period of time where I played it myself, one of the world tournaments or whatever they call the finals for that game. I think they call it worlds was happening while I happened to be playing it. So I watched it and they try to do that there. They have, they tell you about the teams and they tell you about where they come from and, and uh, like who is the rookie on the team versus who's been there for a very long time to give you that context to understand, or at least to give you a nugget of a reason to root for one person over the other. And I think that, and I don't know how successful that is in, 
doing what I'm about to say, but I would imagine that that kind of storytelling helps people, not only like us who are already invested in Pokemon because we love it and we love, well, none are already, we're all, I would say we're, God, I can't string a sentence together. I would say <laughs> we are already invested in competitive Pokemon as people who, I mean, it's been years for most of us, um, but people who've already participated in that. So we're, we, we already are bought in. But I think you need that type of storyline to get someone who likes Pokemon but doesn't necessarily love the competitive aspect to it to have any interest in in watching competitive play. They they have to build those storylines. I mean, I don't have any like solid evidence that that works, but I can't imagine being interested in it unless you sell that type of narrative. Well, actually, a lot of the, there are a lot of people in our Slack community who have never played competitive Pokemon, and they were fascinated by the world's coverage, just just to see how the games are played. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I can see that side of the the fence, but to me, the coverage has been pretty much identical year after year. <laughs> True. I can't comment. I was going to say, I actually think that this year's has degraded a little bit. I think past years has actually had better coverage just because they had better between the matches information and they had more matches up on the screen more rapidly. Um, I just I don't know what happened this year that that they haven't been able to accomplish that. I would just love to see more more vignettes, more player coverage, even like when they're asking people questions like that's great. The the thing that always turned me off is when you see those video packages of questions. Questions. It's like the same eight people. They just ask them all three different questions and then cut that into three different video packages. And you're like, there are ten thousand, twenty thousand people here. You can you made these video packages quickly, but you could have easily just took the time and interviewed a couple more people and just had some more variety here. But I mean, it's it's they clearly can edit and put out well made video packages quickly. Like, they've definitely done that. So I don't know if they need one or two more people to make even more video packages. But if you're doing a three-day weekend and you're only replaying three different video packages that over and over, and then you're blocking out 40 minutes for an intermission, like, that's not good coverage. And I think, Will, to answer your question of what do they need to do differently when they're already doing a lot, I would just say that it VGC has been around for, what, seven years or something like that oh, at longer least. than that well the well it hasn't been around super long it is it, it's fairly new but it it's, feels it's less than like a, a decade i'm pretty sure yeah at least worlds was i can look that up but yeah continue your point but i was gonna say it's not that new but it feels every year like that i mean they will constantly be the underdogs there's no chance that Unless the game itself changes radically, you're not going to have a robust competitive scene on the scale of something like a StarCraft II in its heyday or League of Legends or whatever. Uh, world coverage for the video game started in 2009 at San Diego. So exactly seven years. Started with Pokemon Platinum was the first game that had competitive coverage. And the PCG started in 2004 with uh, the Expedition and EX Hidden Legends set. So I guess what I'm saying is, you've had seven years, it shouldn't feel like... It, sh- it shouldn't feel like constantly every year that Pokemon is this 
struggling up and comer. It seems like you would have it figured out by year seven. I mean, I realize it's not going to be the hugest thing, but it seems like you'd have the execution of it down so that you could start doing the type of experimentation that Steve is suggesting as opposed to focusing on just the minimum execution. I don't know. Well, but their video streaming of the competitions only started in 2012. Yeah. That was the first year that they had a stream. So yeah, that, that's, that's only been four years for them. So I'll give them one more year. So 2017, <laughs> they need to get the three of us, first of all, the three <laughs> of us need to be there providing color commentary. Maybe not the competitive commentary, but we can be better bright and cheerful faces than Miss Ohio or whoever she is who actually doesn't know anything about Pokemon. I didn't see that part of the ceremony, so I have nothing to say about it. <laughs> oh, no, no, she, she is doing fine. all of the post-competition interviews of the people. Of the oh, OK. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And I mean, well, number one, that'll step it up because people will be laughing a heck of a lot more than they currently are. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that they they also can work better at scheduling the matches so that because, you know, they have four channels. They have the main channel that's a little bit of everything. They have the trading card channel, the VGC channel and then the, the Pokémon channel. And they could literally because they control this event, organize the matches so that they know that they will go from a trading card match to a video game match to a Pokémon match or something like that, so that they always have some content going on that main channel and not a 60-minute dinner break. Absolutely. Or even, like, just have a camera up in the ceiling over showing the show floor and have that running for 60 minutes instead of just a, a, a animated... Uh, wallpaper <laughs> pretty much that's all it was yep i don't know i it worlds is worlds could be more exciting obviously this year it didn't help that it was not open to the general public we'll see what they do next year and uh yeah we'll go from there let's wrap this show up will noticed a pokemon being used in the vgc stuff that was kind of uh unique in unusual unusual and so our pokemon of the week this week is arcane nine arcanine <laughs> uh the legendary pokemon i think that's what the species name is that is correct yep a real solid win from pokemon there i like the japanese name uh windy <laughs> windy that's what windy. it's called yep windy that's, that's neat all right our canine is a fiercely brave and loyal pokemon it is capable of running 6200 miles within 24 hours yeah me too with a speed and grace reminiscent of flight i just want to say that i looked up how far Fiji water comes to milwaukee and it is 7,200 miles. So an RK9 within 24 hours can almost run from Milwaukee to Fiji in 24 hours. Yeah, me too. RK9 has <laughs> long been admired for its beauty and speed. And anyone who hears its bark will grovel before it. The source of its power is a, is a flame blazing wildly inside it. And the anime... It was shown that it scratches, that it stash, stashes food in its mane and carries 
it to its nest for its young. Our canine lives on prairies and Pokemon Snap also shown it living in active volcanoes. Glad we have that Pokemon Snap reference. Uh, yeah, Gary had an RK9, apparently, that he used against Giovanni. That's a fact. So, Will noticed RK9. There was two that made it into the top, uh, top 16. I think I pulled right from Pokemon.com at the 2016 World Tournament. Uh, one of them was holding a red card. The other was holding a life orb. But uh, Travis has its own moveset that you can use if you care to do so. Yeah, normally I try to deviate a little bit from something you could just get on uh, Smogon because, I mean, you can just go on Smogon and find the optimal list. Um, And sometimes that means I only change one move or two because... To be frank, there are Pokemon that can be used at... Th- th- there is an optimal way to use them based on the tools they have at their disposal. Arcanine is a Pokemon, however, that has so much of a usable move pool. Um, well, it's it's not huge, but it has a lot of different type uh, coverage between stuff like... I mean, the stab moves like Flare Blitz and... Uh, well... Yeah, it's only fire type. So stab moves like flare blitz or um, off type moves for coverage like wild charge, uh, even close combat and crunch. It has all those. Those are all competitively viable moves that it has access to. Um, in addition to a move that's probably going to be on every Arcanine moveset, which is extreme speed, which to those who are unaware is light quick attack where it goes first. Uh, it has increased priority to be specific. It's also a normal type move, but has a base power of 80, which is more significant than Quick Attacks, and it has a priority of plus 2, whereas something like Quick Attack or Sucker Punch or uh, Aqua Jet, I think Sucker Punch has only plus 1. Don't count on that one. But your typical increased priority moves are only priority plus 1. So if you use Extreme Speed and your opponent uses Aqua Jet, even if you're a slower Pokemon, you're still going to outspeed uh, that's why Extreme Speed is such a great move to have. Flare Blitz and Extreme Speed are probably going to be on your set, regardless of what you're doing, unless you're doing something like a special attacking set, which isn't impossible. But because there's so much you can do other than that, you can have... I'll, I'll just list some of the options, even though these are... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm taking these straight from the Smogan article um, just because we could be here all day trying to figure out what our niche version of this Pokemon that already has decent versatility is. Or I could just give you some of the options, which I think is more beneficial. So if you want to go for the defensive route, you're still going to want to include Flare Bit, Blitz, and Extreme Speed because they're such powerful moves and they're powerful regardless of whether you invest effort values into attack uh, flare blitz just because of its extremely high base power at 120 and extreme speed because sometimes even as a defensive pokemon you need to get a little bit of damage in when the opponent's weak without to prevent yourself from taking that extra damage if you're going that defensive route um you are going to want to use morning sun which is a recovery move that recovers more in sunlight it's 50 percent in normal weather 
and then I believe 75% if it's sunny. Um, and then you'll probably want one status effect move. Smogon says either Will-O-Wisp or Toxic. I think Will-O-Wisp is more fun, um, and you're already going for a sort of physically defensive set given that Arcanine has access to Intimidate, which is an ability where when it switches in, it lowers the opponent's physical attack by one stage, so you can double down on that by lowering their physical attack further with a burn. Item, I would go with Rocky Helmet because you're already getting recovery from Morning Sun, so you don't have to worry as much about leftovers. Uh, and then your uh, they recommend Impish Nature, and I don't rem remember what that one is, but I'm sure it's fine. Um, they recommend 248 HP, 8 attack, and 252 defense. I'm sure the 8 attack is there for some niche circumstance where it allows Flare Blitz to one-hit KO some important meta Pokemon in their uh, underused tier list. So you can probably disregard that if you're just doing it for fun and just do full HP and defense on this defensive Arcanine. Um, if you're going to go offensive, you just do Flare Blitz, Extreme Speed. Um, and then I like... I, I'm just a fan of Wild Charge as a move. I think it's cool. Uh, and then Close Combat. And then you could either... I, I like Choice Band. They recommend Life Orb. But because you've got Extreme Speed, I think Choice Band can be extremely powerful as well. Your ability choice here is up to you. If you want something in to switch in on a Fire type, you might want to do Flash Fire. Uh, or Intimidate is just a generally great ability all around. Um, and then if you're going that that band choice band set because you have extreme speed i would say you still want to go adamant even though you're not going to outspeed that much because you don't have to worry too much about it because you've got decent natural bulk and that increased priority move so i would go with adamant over jolly but that's up to you and then your evs 252 and attack and speed so there's your two options, offensive and de defensive. I feel like I rambled too long, but hey. No, that's all right. It's already like a two-hour show. So also, just to explain, um, for the Arcanine that was used in Worlds, um, it was holding red card. And what red card does is if the Pokemon holding the red card is hit by an attack, the attacker is immediately switched out and replaced by a random Pokemon from the opponent's team. Um, so I believe the intent there is uh, one of the major threats this year is Xerneas. Um, and Xerneas would have a be holding a power herb, which allows it to use its move Geomancy, which is a stat boosting move when in one turn rather than two turns, which it typically takes. So let's say Xerneas Geomancy's in one turn it uses up its power herb, and then if it attacked Arcanine, it is taken out of battle, and it loses those stat boosts, and it can't Geomancy in one turn again. So, kind uh, of like, that helps to be defensive. That's cool. It It's not a... It's, it's one of those cases where Xerneas is such an incredibly... And I mean, this is... I typically give the advice for single battles because I know more about that, but from the little I've played VGC 2016... These Pokemon that are at the top level are so strong that setting up a Pokemon like Arcanine as a quote-unquote counter to Xerneas in this case, or or when you're trying to set up a counter to Groudon or something like that, a lot of the time it, you have to end up settling for more of a soft counter like, like this, because if you're building something to 
be able to easily one hit KO, for instance, these massive powerhouses of Pokemon, they probably don't have the versatility to do much else. So I imagine the sort of roundabout way of countering Xerneas's Geomancy is because Arcanine can do that and also be okay on its own, as opposed to, I don't know, some some steel type that outspeeds just to get super effective on Xerneas or something. Like Bronzong? That's my guess. <laughs> like Bronzong. <laughs> sure. The trivia here that I have is in the Pokemon Red and Blue Beta, Arcanine was originally known as Blaze. Though Arcanine is not le- a legendary Pokemon, it is seen in an engraving along with legendary Pokemon Moltres, Articuno, and Zapdos in the anime episode Pokemon Emergency. Many of Arcanine's Pokedex entries, starting with the one in Japanese Pokemon Red, references the real world, specifically China. Arcanine is based on the Raikouin, which is a mythical creature inspired by lions, tigers, and dogs. Statues of them. Statues of them in pairs are used as guardians that invite good spirits and repel evil ones. Yeah, that's it for trivia here, which is weird because the Pokemon's so old and it doesn't have that much trivia about it. Uh, if you get a shiny Arcanine, it is gold instead of the orangish, orangish red that it normally has. It still keeps its black stripes, but that orange color turns to a goldish color, which is pretty cool. I gotta say, though, I hate that Arcanine is considered the legendary Pokemon and is not a legendary Pokemon. Well, they didn't know what they were doing in Gen 1. Yeah, well, they can fix it. They fixed other Pokemon in the past. Go ahead and fix this. Have they ever changed a species name, though? Ah, I don't believe so. I don't think so, no. But hey, it's their game. They can do what they want. They can put a 60-minute soft band on it if they want to. (laughs) I think at this point, it's sort of endearing that it's the legendary Pokemon and not a legendary Pokemon. It's got a history (laughs) to it. Like the weird stuff with Gandhi in in the Civilization series where that some underflow error made him very keen on using nuclear weapons. It's just something that... It was a weird mistake early in the game that then becomes a running joke throughout. Do you do you do you not know about that? No, I, I, I don't. Play I don't play Civ. In the original, so the way that the I can't remember if it was Civ one or Civ two, but I think it's the original Civilization. The way the game handled aggression of various types between civilizations was there. They had a value, um, and as the number went, and it could change over time as as the game went on uh, up or down but the different leaders had different values to reflect how they acted in history so for gandhi uh, who who led the indian civilization in that game they wanted to show the the nonviolent resistance that he advocated so naturally they gave him a zero in nuclear aggression but when he when something would happen in the game that would cause that variable to go lower, like maybe he um, adopted some sort of policy that would make him even less likely to use nuclear weapons, the game says, okay, I can't go below zero. So it's an underflow error that causes it to be the maximum maximum aggression that it, that it can be. And so all of a sudden, Gandhi starts uh, developing nuclear weapons incre- like at massive at an incredibly speeds. rapid pace and, and using them all over the place. And so it has since become a running joke. Some games in the series have, haven't have referenced it or have made him completely passive. But I think even in Civ Five, he is very passive throughout the game until nuclear weapons are 
available and then he starts going for them just as a wink and a nod to that original game that's really cool so here's a crucial question how many cats is one arcanine oh i would probably say one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen i would probably say 14 cats seven cats seven now nah. six foot three tall 14. how many cats how many cats do you think i am i'm not 14 cats well i'm i'll I mean, just because he's six tall doesn't mean that he still doesn't have the booty. Uh, and the booty is stop at least four cats. All right, stop, all right. Stop this. The tail is at least two. Look at that thing. All right, fine. I will concede. 14 cats. 14 cats. Travis is at the Travis W on Twitter. Trying to run away from you talking about Arcanine's booty. What has the show become? I leave for a few. My God. Will is at washing the sink. I am at dragging a lake. If you haven't done so already, please leave us a review in iTunes. That would help us out immensely. We also have a Patreon. We don't talk about it every episode. But uh, if you like the show, if you like what you're hearing, you can go over to patreon.com slash it's super effective. And if you give us $1 a month, uh, you'll, be, you'll gain access to our Slack community, which has over 200 people in it, hanging out, talking, having a great time. If you're not sure what Patreon is, Patreon's like Kickstarter, except there is no overall goal. Kickstarter is usually one big goal, sum of money at the time frame. Patreon is to support us monthly, and we have uh, some new tier levels that you can support at. Uh, but $1 a month is, is something that uh, I think is easy for everyone. If You don't have to do it if you don't want to. But if you like, if you like the show and you want to support us, uh, patreon.com slash it's super effective. Otherwise, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Pokemon Podcast. And this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast. And we are super effective. World champion fire type Oddish. I won't say what a dirty dog this week because I was very upset that last week both Will and Steven opted not to say the actual ending, which is super effective, and so there's no one there to actually close out the show in any meaningful way, um, and it just, just ended on this on, on pure jokes with, with no, and I hope at this point you're just rising music over me to drum. Yeah, you, you singing Mersey notes, that's it. Mersey dots and dozy dots and little lambs and ivy. I can eat ivy too. Pick something else. And if the words sound queer or funny to your ear, a little bit jumbled and jivey, sing mares eat oats and does eat oats and little lambs eat ivy. Oh, Mersey dotes and dozy dotes and the lambs in ivy. A kiddly ivy to wooden shoe. You know, he recorded that whole thing and he's going to put it as the closing music for the episode. I certainly hope so.